Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen to this message, it helps you grow closer to God and inspires you to live like Jesus. Thanks for listening. Here's the message. Hey, good morning everyone's in the room. Um, on all sides, everybody in the lobby, we're excited to have you guys today. Um, Father's Day, let's give it up for all the dads. I know you did that, but one more time, happy Father's Day to all the dads in the room. We have a special fun service prepared for you guys, and uh, you're going to laugh. We're going to cry, maybe not because of uh, emotions, but because of heat on this table. And uh, I don't know if any of you guys have seen the uh, YouTube show called Hot Ones, where they interview people and eat hot wings. That's what we are actually going to do today. So we're going to try to make this spiritual at the same time, not dying, all right? And uh, if you have your Bible, open up to Psalm chapter 1. I want to read a verse to you guys, Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. That'll be on the screen in front of you. If you're watching online, it'll also be on, the, on your screen there. But I love this verse from the Passion Translation. It says, What delight comes to the one who follows God's way? He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His passion is to remain true to the word of I am. Meditating day and night on the true revelation of light, he will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. Listen to that. When we plant ourselves in God, we can flourish in every season of life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. I love this verse, this set of verses here. It talks about the man. You can, you can put a woman in the same spot, but it talks about a man who puts his delight in the ways of God. He is planted like a tree. What a beautiful piece of imagery. He is planted by, like a tree by a stream of water. He, he's always strong, never wavers, always flourishes. And when hard times come, that man remains strong. And I have two men like that with me on the stage, I have Jason Finley and Paxton McReynolds. They are great fathers, uh, great leaders, and uh, great husbands. And um, I think all of us should desire to be men like Psalm chapter 1 type men, that we are firmly planted in God. Our strength is not found in our physical status or our financial status or anything that our strength is found in God. So I want to introduce these guys. I said, I got Jason Finley here. You can pull up this picture here of Jason. This is Jason and his family. He's married to Nikki. They have, um, they have three kids. They've been married 20 years, Landon, Rylan, and Reese. Jason is also on our management team here at Destiny Church. They've been here for quite some time. Jason is a business owner um, involved in construction, um, real estate development, um, rental properties, um, Jason and his wife, Nikki, are friends, uh, close friends of Tasha and I and their kids. Uh, we do life together. Um, would you guys help me welcome Jason Finley to the stage? And we have Paxton McReynolds. If you want to show this next picture of Paxton and his family. Paxton and Megan, they've been married 10 years. He told me the same. They got married and started coming to Destiny. They have four kids. I, I'm pretty sure they have four more kids on the way. No. And uh, But... Um, <laughs> But uh, they have Colton, Riley, Chase, and Remy, and these lights are going crazy on us today. But Paxton and Megan have been at Destiny Church, as I said, for 10 years. 
Um, they are true servants who will do anything for anyone. Um, Paxton also owns McReynolds Auto and Diesel. If you need a mechanic, there you go. Great guy, honest guy. He will take your money, but um, but so uh, no. Would you? Yeah. But he'll fix your car while doing. Would you please welcome Paxton to the stage? Now, both of you know what we're getting ready to do today, right? We're, we're going to eat chicken wings and talk yep. about Jesus, and these wings progressively get hotter. Are you guys okay with hot sauce? I'm all right. So those of you that don't know me, I like to make side bets. So I've got a side bet if you guys want to do it. <laughs> all, right. all right. So here's the side bet. The first one to have any of this down oh, here gosh. has to have a shot, a small <laughs> shot of the hottest hot sauce. I'm out. You in? I'll, I'll take it. All right. I'll let you do it. Come on. All right. No. All right. It's Paxton and I. All right. Well, because I'm going to. If neither one of us take any, then you have to take a shot. All right. Yeah. Because here's yeah. the deal. Because see, I used to like hot stuff. I'll suffer for that. I used to like. <laughs> I, I used to like hot stuff. And then when I got COVID, the only thing I could taste when I got COVID was hot sauce. That was it. And then I remember when I finally got my taste back. Er, mild buffalo sauce made me cry and so you're gonna be hurting so my family is like i can't believe you're doing this today dad and so anyway so if i just fall over and convulse in pain you guys just the questions are right here you guys just keep going or, or jeff usry somebody come and uh rescue me all right so anyway we can't put this off any longer let's go for our first wing it's the one on the top left this one here is a, is a light light wing all right so that one's easy right you're not eating the whole thing no, I'm not even. Yeah, I am too. I do need a bib. You guys want a napkin? Yes. yes. That's there you go. Light. That one's light, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously. I um, apologize because I grossed my wife out when I eat hot wings, so. Obviously, you both love Jesus. Me. I wouldn't have asked you up here if you didn't love Jesus. But I want to hear, I think there's something incredible about stories, about how you first came to Jesus or kind of your relationship I would like for you guys, just for a minute or two, share your story, Jason, first, about how you came to Jesus. You have an interesting story and how you came to the Lord and uh, how he's transformed your life and how much you rely on him today. And then after him, Paxton, you can go. So I always grew up in church and I was in a different denomination. Um, it was um, something that, you know, I didn't fully believe in when I was young. Then I went away to college and kind of lost my religion in college, as some people do. Um, got married to Nikki. Um, thankfully, um, she was blind to some of my faults. Um, and uh, as we um, had Landon, that's when I really started to open up my eyes. That's when I realized it wasn't about me. I couldn't be selfish anymore. I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do. I was now responsible for somebody else. And I think that's when God really, really worked on my heart as an adult um, to really rely on God and rely on um, my relationship with him because now I was responsible for another human being and guiding and directing another human being. So that was one of my um, times where God really tried to get me back on path. Yeah, that's good. Paxton, tell us your story. We don't have time for all day for the, uh, for the full story, but uh, I also grew up in church uh, my whole life, uh, different denomination, uh, but when I was 12, I, uh, I had a friend got killed at my house and uh, kind of sent me, um, you know, kind of in a dark spot for a long time, uh, kind of introduced me to some things and uh, carried over into my marriage. Um, I, I was saved when I was a kid, young kid, but um, never really uh, knew what grace looked like mm -hmm. um, until 
shortly into my marriage, uh, some of this surfaced and uh, just kind of it kind of blew up in my face and um, shared shared that stuff with my wife and um, uh, it was the first time you know it was, it was right before we had Colton so uh, right before our first kid and uh, um, that's the first time I experienced God's grace was wow. through another human being it, you know you you kind of expect I hate to say it, that you expect God what what God gave you you know your salvation but He's God, mm-hmm. and humans are imperfect. And uh, to receive that grace through my wife, um, that's that's also right right before we had our first kid. And so that's when I started kind of um, really seeking His face and uh, seeking God's direction for our family. Um, I knew I knew I needed to get it together um, as we were starting parenthood, and um, so that's kind of short version. You yeah. know, uh, was uh, starting right as we were having our first kid. You mentioned that word grace, throw a little curveball at you guys, but I mean, we've all experienced grace, right? Right. I mean, and what you said there is a beautiful picture of marriage as a parent or as a spouse or whatever, that's that's grace displayed quite often. Mm -hmm. And I think some of the times um, that's where we can see the most grace. You're 100% right. I expect God to give me grace. He's God. But when we see grace given through somebody that's not God. Yeah. You know, that's that's a powerful thought. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and jump into our second wing here, fellas. This one's going to get a little hotter. It's not too bad. Um, one of these wings made me gag just cooking it. Just going to tell you guys. Oh, that one's light, right? Our theme for the year here at Destiny Church has been the Kingdom Co. And we've made this commitment as a church to really discuss worship. So to honor our theme for the year. And to talk about to talk about kingdom and talk about worship, I want to just touch on this. And last Sunday, Pastor Jason did an incredible job preaching to us on worship. But he used a verse, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, that I love. It says, In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands, lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. I love these instructions here from Paul. I believe it's a call to the church, but he's very specifically, Paul is very specifically speaking to men. It's not, this is not a generic term speaking to mankind. This is speaking to men. And it's a call for men, I believe, to humble ourselves and to posture ourselves before God. But I think it's a call for men to lead the way. I think as men, we have a very unique, and this is not a, in any way, shape, or form, I want everybody to hear me, this is not a sexist statement in the least bit. But I believe, based off of what I read through Scripture, I believe God, men have a very unique role of leadership in the body of Christ, but very specifically in the family. I want to ask you guys, Paxton, you can start us off. Why do you think it's important for men, very specifically speaking to husbands, fathers, but even to our young men that are you know, going to be having their own families before long, why do you think it's important that men lead the way spiritually in our homes and in the church? And how do you practically do this? So um, it's, it is, it's our direct call um, biblically to, to do that. But if, if, we don't, if we don't do it, the world is going to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, the world wants to shape us uh, into their image. And so um, for, for us, spiritual, me spiritually leading my family, which I didn't start out doing, um, I, I learned that early on um, into fatherhood. Um, but practically speaking, we, we 
take very seriously um, what we what we have on our TVs, what we um, what we go do. Um, we don't bend to the ways of the world uh, just because everybody else is doing it. Um, we we pray together, we read together, we answer the kids' questions, which is. Um, starting to get harder, uh, you know, Colton's seven, and he's really starting to start ask hard questions, and uh, so that requires us to be diligent in our own walk with him, uh, to keep our relationship with him at the at the forefront, mm-hmm. uh, because everything else flows out of that. Um, so for us, the the practical steps are are sitting down with our kids and having intentional time of prayer and studying the word. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's as simple as I can make it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what we do. And we just, we're just very careful of what we do outside of, you know, outside of our home and what yeah. we, what our kids see us do. Um, and what, you know, what they see on TV or the internet, you know, we're just, we, we closely watch that yeah. stuff. You mentioned that that's something just, what do you guys do? How do you guys closely monitor like what you talk about with TV and things like do you have some practical things that maybe could speak to some families on some things you do? We're, we're a little different maybe than most, but we, we don't spend a lot of time inside anyways, so we don't have cable TV. Um, we don't even have Netflix. Um, we're, uh, we have some you know kids' versions of whatever the, the uh, movie programs are, but uh, we, just, we limit that very closely. Um, we, we don't veg out in front of the TVs. Um, and then as far as internet and stuff goes, we don't have laptops at home. We have, we have laptops at work that I, you know, that I work off of, but we don't have that stuff at home. Um, and, uh, the phones, we, that's, that would probably be my, my biggest challenge to, uh, everybody, but men specifically is to put them away. We, we are very intentional about putting our phones away when we get home, uh, and limiting, we, you know, we're very, very strict on even YouTube and that kind of stuff. Um, there's, there's even, there's even scams going around right now. You, you've probably all gotten all the telemarketer calls and everything, but there's now texts coming wow. and they come with pictures. And my three-year-old son got a hold of a phone the other day that had a text on it. Uh, wasn't even our phone. And, uh, it was a scam, uh, picture sent, uh, and it was pretty explicit. Wow. And so we're, we're even, we're even very closely monitoring that with even our, our, relatives and our friends that are at our at our house or that we're spending time with is that we're not allowing our kids to to be just just endlessly on the phones and um and just we ask our parents you know, my my parents and my my wife's parents to watch that closely um because it, they can find it, it yeah. it's just any of that stuff um but it just opens doors that yeah. we don't we don't want to be opened in our house that's great that's great jason same question to you why, why do you think it's important for men to lead spiritually and how do you practically do this well it's god's design right you know and when god designs something it usually works out pretty well and um you know i'll be very transparent over the years i've been a business leader and i've been that's my strength um i used to come home and then i would just shut it all off um so where i was very successful at work i was not very successful at home um this was early on in our marriage Um, And this is something by the grace of God and also the grace of my wife, too, that I have continued to work work on. Am I there? No, I'm not totally there yet. You know, this is a weakness in my life that, you know, I have to continue to work on. But I also know that it's it's by God's design that I'm supposed to be the leader of the house. I'm not supposed to rely on my wife. It's not fair to put that on my wife. Um, so over the years, this is something that I, I've definitely improved on and continue to improve on. And I've identified that it's something that, you know, I need to work on. And I know talking to a lot of guys in this room, you guys all go through the same um, issues as that. 
Um, but, you know, I just had a conversation with my son yesterday. We were up at SBU. He was doing a, a campus tour, and we were talking about raising kids, you know, in today's world. And uh, just like my parents probably said and the parents my grandparents said, it's like I asked my son, I said, would you raise kids in today's world? And without a doubt, he said, yeah, I would, you know. And, um, and it's because we've taught our kids how to put God first and how to have that relationship with your family, with your friends, and how to, like what Paxton said, you know, kind of shut off the social media and still have good relationships with people. And so, you know, I'm proud that by Nikki and I being good leaders and showing our kids to have a good relationship with their, with God, a good relationship with your spouse, um, your family, that now as my kids are older, you know, Landon's 18, almost 19, they're going into a different chapter of life. And it's really pretty neat to be able to see them, him without a doubt, just say, yeah, I'd totally raise kids. And, and that makes me feel good as a dad that, that Nikki and I have been good spiritual leaders um, as a whole to our kids. So That's good. All right, third wing. We're going to start getting hotter here. All right, so let's see. I don't know. I, I... Chad's just licking it, by the way. He's not eating it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we all have some preconceived notions of what worship is, right? Um, and what worship is supposed to look like. It looks like this. It looks like hands in my pockets or whatever. And we're unpacking that all summer. I'd love to hear what worship means to you guys and then what that looks like to you. So Jason, start us off. What's worship mean to you? What's that look like for you? So the Finley family has a lot of gifts and music is not one of them. Not, not at all. We are probably musically declined actually. Um, I love to listen to music. I can't sing a lick. Um, And so for me, worship is different. Um, My son was up here, I believe, last week or or maybe it was two weeks ago. And um, that's that's how I worship. I wake up every day in the morning. I see God's beauty. You know, um, Ron Penny was in our um, small group and our freedom group. And, you know, he, he would always take time to just appreciate um, what God has done. And I, I worship God visually um, by what he's done just on, on earth, on how beautiful earth is. And then I also worship God based on what he does with me and with my family. And so for me, worship is a little bit different. But at the end of the day, worship is just praising God, you know, being thankful for God. And everybody does it in different ways, but it's all about your heart and your relationship with God. So that's good. Paxton, what's worship look like for you? Now, I know that you are you are a little different. You can sing. I've heard oh, you I sing. Can. And you just, I'm honestly just kind of even surprised we got you on this stage because I know this is totally out of your comfort zone. Yeah, it is. But uh, talk to us about what worship looks like for you. Um, I grew up in um, what I would say a, a pretty dry church. Um, so it was, uh, my whole life was in one church. Um, and uh, it it, um, it kind of the precedent that was set for me was um, there was one lady in the church that raised her hands and um, most of the other adults made fun of her. And uh, thinking back to that now, that, that, crush, that crushes me, you know, to think that um, that was kind of the precedent that was set for me as a kid. Um, I, I thought it was weird, um, you know, but I felt bad for her as well. And then, um, you know, my wife is on the opposite side of the spectrum. And uh, so we kind of, you know, I knew that uh, we, we've been together since I was 15 um, and uh, she was 16. And um, we, so I've always known that. Um, I've always known that worship was different to her. And um, for me, I never really experienced the Holy Spirit until um, probably 10 years, I mean, 10, 
probably nine or 10 years ago. And um, so for me, um, it looks like surrender. It looks like um, not worrying about what the rest of the world looks or what the rest of the room thinks. Um, it's putting aside your pride um, and, and not worrying about that. But it's, um, to me, it's, it's kind of a, um, it's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And it's a response. Um, I, I'm constantly thanking God uh, as, you know, throughout uh, the worship time. Um, I also have worship time by myself. I, I worship a lot um, in my in my truck, you know, and um, at home when I'm mowing my yard, you know, I, I love to mow, and uh, I just I enjoy I enjoy uh, nature, and uh, so for me, but for me on a Sunday morning, it's it's thanking God, praising Him for who He is. Um, I do raise my hands now. I, I get into worship, uh, and because it it's that's something that God's worked on me real hard yeah. is uh, breaking down the the um, what I grew up in and uh, just kind of exposing myself uh, to uh, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and uh, to His promptings. And um, so for me, it's it's just letting that go, uh, putting a, putting aside my pride and. Yeah. And uh, not worrying about the rest of the room. Uh, I, I close my eyes a lot uh, because I get distracted easy, and uh, I, I just I pray a lot. Um, I find myself praying for my family, for needs, um, and uh, you know we we've talked a lot about how worship isn't just the moment at church, and it's not. But um, I do know that uh, music is biblical. You know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of times worship involved music um, in the Bible, and so that's, that is a, a big part of it for me, is, is music. Um, and uh, so that's just kind of what it looks like for me. Well, a lot, I think it's, a lot of prayer. I think it's interesting because, I mean, I know you guys, uh, that's interesting how your perspective of worship and yours, you know, it's, it's in, the, in a room, in a church, there's so many different thoughts and ideas of worship. Some were not musically gifted, so the music portion's not what makes me worship. Mm-hmm. Others that are musically inclined, we want we like the music. We want to, you know, worship in the room. We, it's just interesting how we can equate it to different things, but both of you talked about outside. I think, I think that's one of the things we need to recognize is that worship is not just in the room, right? Worship yep. is on our mower, um, when we watch what God's doing in our kids and all of that. So worship can happen in many ways, shapes, or forms. So I want to ask a little more. Let's, let's go to the next wing here. I think, I think they're supposed to start getting hotter here. So we'll see here. That one's not working. None of them are too bad yet. Mm-mm. That was getting a little, a little more kick. Considering it's Father's Day, I, wanted to, I want you guys to share your funniest moment as a dad or as a husband. So I want you to tell us PG, please. He had to really tell me that, by the way. He's like, hey, I need, keep it clean. Well, that's why I was nervous about that. I didn't know what was <laughs> going to come out of there. But anyway, <laughs> tell us your funniest moment as a, either as a dad or as a husband. So it's Father's Day, so I got to pick on my kids. Um, you know, and what, what's funny is my kids are all getting older now. So what was not funny then is now funny now. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that. But so Landon, um, he, he was a squirrel. I mean, he was our kid that was into everything, getting his fingers stuck and stuff, wouldn't pay attention. I mean, you know, he, he was our challenge. Well, now he's like a super chill dude, so you would not think that. But we were down in Little Rock, Arkansas, staying with uh, my brother and sister-in-law, and we're out in the front yard just playing around, and all of a sudden he takes off on one of those battery-powered 
four-wheel, you know, trucks or whatever. And he's going down the street as fast as he can go. And, I mean, those things, they can move. And he's just swerving back and forth, just smiling all over the place. And, I mean, we are running full speed after him. And finally caught up to him before we got to an intersection. But he had the biggest smile on his face and had no idea that he had done anything wrong. Um, but that was a pretty funny moment. It did end in a spanking. But, you know, it was funny. <laughs> it was funny at the time. Um, Rylan, you know, all of hers deal with food for whatever reason. Um, one of the funny stories was we went to Walmart and her and I went shopping, um, grocery shopping. The kids like to go grocery shopping with dad because I buy them whatever they want. And so we leave and I'm, I'm thinking I did a pretty good job buying her everything she wanted at Walmart. And she just comes out and she's like, dad, and she's probably five or six years old. And she's like, she's mad. She's like, I want my burritos. I want my burritos. And I'm, dri- I'm driving away. I'm like, you don't like burritos, you know? And so her and I are kind of like, I'm getting frustrated and she's getting mad. And then a light switch goes on and I'm like, she means Doritos. And so the whole time she was upset calling them burritos when they were Doritos. And then the other thing about Rylan was, um, Rylan's our very determined child. Um, And so probably about the same age, we wanted her to eat a banana and she would not eat a banana. And so we were in the car and we made her eat a banana. Well, the thing she didn't do was chew the banana. And so I am not exaggerating. She had that banana in her mouth for about 15 minutes. So if you can imagine a banana in your mouth for 15 minutes, and then finally, I do believe she ate it. So we ended up winning at the end. That's what we do as parents. But yeah, and then then you got Reese, okay? Um, Yes, Reese, I am going to tell the story, but I am going to plug in a different word. You guys can probably figure out the word that she really said. So we were at Haha Tonka Park, and we were out walking around, having fun, and Reese was there again, probably five years old, and I'm standing up on a rock, and it's probably two feet tall, and Nikki and the other kids are off um, walking our way, and I really had a bad dad moment here, okay? So she jumps off, and she looks at me, and, and this is where I'll, I'll change a word, and she goes, Dad, jump, jump, and I'm like, no, I don't want to jump, and she goes, Dad, quit being a pansy, which is not what she said, and jump. And I lost it. I had a bad dad moment. I could not stop laughing. I could not spank her or reprimand her. So Nikki shows up, and I tell Nikki, and then she's mad at me because I didn't get mad, upset at her. So that's a great story. And then the only other story about Reese one time, which really scared me, just this is my own deal. When she was about three, we come in, and she had taken a permanent marker and created sleeves on both of her arms. <laughs> And she just thought it was the coolest thing. And mom and dad, we didn't think it was very cool, but that was another funny moment. So. I do remember my first introduction to Landon. I wasn't going to tell the story. I tried to figure out a new one. I, well, you know, most of these people haven't heard this story. I, my first introduction to Landon, they weren't going to our church yet. And I was uh, my son, Makai, his basketball coach. And, um, and we were, I've, I've mentioned that basketball was not my boy's sport. It was not their gift. Um, baseball and football, they're fine, but basketball was not their was not their gift. But anyway, I have this little little boy on my team named Landon. I, I don't. I think maybe I'd met his parents one time, and it was game one, or t- I'm pretty sure it's game one. And I look, and there is this little boy doing a ballerina dance. He's got his finger on his head, and he's spinning in circles down the basketball court from one end to the other. And, I'm, and I look at the guy, co- I'm like, who is this kid? But that was my... So nine boys run this way, and my, run, my boy runs that way doing ballerina stuff. And the best part was, after the game, he's like, 
dad. And I'm like, I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my introduction. So Paxton, so I was going to ask you, but I thought, you know what? I already have, I already have some funny news on you, a funny story about you. So I don't even want to hear from you. So you have a fear. Oh man. You have a fear of spiders, right? The bad thing is, I, I mentioned this to you, and you said no. I had already, already, already planned this. So, so, so thankful awesome. for your wife. So Paxton has a fear of spiders. Well, this last year, at uh, I think it was Christmas, Thanksgiving, we had some of us, we hung out at Elliot and Jen's house. And, and Paxton's wife, Megan, told us about his fear of spiders. And she says, I'm getting him tonight. And she had this giant wolf spider that was dead, but somehow it was conserved and they sprayed hairspray on it and you can see it. Will you show the picture of just the spider here? Will you show this? So this so this spider is dead, all right? So this was after we'd all had dinner. This spider is dead. So she has Paxton's sister with Tasha, just look at the spider. (laughs) So anyway, so she's like, wait till I get so she's like, I'm gonna video this. So she goes home, she puts this her has Paxton's sister helps. They put this, this spider is dead on his shoulder. Check out this video. <laughs> Turn the bit sound up. Yeah, I can grab it. I think I can. Oh my gosh, do not move, Megan. Holy crap. I can't do it. Megan, don't move. That was, hey, you were very manly. You were all. All I want to say very about manly. this is tell me, tell us what was going through your head when you saw this spider. Well, it seemed a lot longer than that. It was uh, a lot of things go through your mind. I thought, I just really thought about running out and burning the house down with everybody <laughs> inside of it. But I knew my kids were there, and I had to set an example. So. I, number one, I said no bad words. I didn't say a single bad word. You were able to show that without bleeping anything out. And I showed my sons how to be a knight in shining armor. And I, I did see I, you push your kids back I out did. of the way. I did, I did. see that. I did. I was, I was watching out for them, but I saved their mother. I was the knight in shining armor, and I didn't say any bad words. So that's, that's it. I didn't think I could do it, but I, I mustered up the, the oh. courage. And, Everybody get up for Paxton. In all fairness, that was not a fake spider. That, they, they got me good. I thought it was, I, at first I thought it was real, and then I thought it was fake after I squished it. And then it really was real. So it, it was more than a prank. They, I was sick to my stomach after it. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've seen in quite some time. All right. All right, we got two more wings here. Let's, uh, they start to supposedly get hotter here, so let's okay. go for this. 
Yep. That one's hotter. Oh. <laughs> Woo. That one is hot. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to win this bet. <laughs> <clears throat> wow, that one's good. Wow. All right. I love that both of you guys, speaking of seasoned fathers, um, but you're in different seasons of life. You mentioned it, but you just had a son. <clears throat> wow. Uh-uh. The talking part's what's hard. <laughs> you all right? Mm-hmm. That jumped up a lot, by the way. That did. <laughs> I hope the next one's that much more. That's worse. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you want some There's milk? some honey down there. I you want my some nose milk and honey? Oh, no. gosh. I'll, I'll suffer for a little bit. <laughs> Hold on. I got to like... This next one, I can't imagine what it's going to be like. Yeah. He was like, hey, you can have some honey. It helps. And I'm like, I cannot imagine just drinking honey. That, w- that would be worse. This is honey, not bourbon. We just wanted to make sure everybody... <laughs> no, I love that both of you guys are seasoned fathers, um, but in different seasons of life. Jason, you just had a son graduate high school, and going into college, you have... Your eyes are watering. Not as bad as yours. <laughs> My nose yeah. is running. But you have kids seven to eight... <laughs> Seven to, you Do you want me going, to ask the question? No, he keeps like breathing deep. But anyway, you have kids seven to 18 months old. One of the reasons I asked you guys to be a part of this conversation is I think both of you are incredible husbands. <laughs> what? My eyes are water. It's hot. Is anybody else sweating? No, I'm good. Oh. oh. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Man. I don't know. This next wing is going to be awful. <laughs> it is. One of the reasons I ask you guys to be a part of this conversation is I think both of you guys are incredible dads, um, husbands, but leaders. I want you guys to talk to the men in the room because I want to stop talking. <laughs> Considering your whole journey of fatherhood, knowing what you know now, if you could turn back the clock, really talk to these dads. What's one thing you'd do different? Man, that one's really running. <laughs> What's one thing you would do different or one thing you'd do the same? Paxton, start us off. Um, things that I <laughs> would do differently. Um, so uh, I haven't always worked for myself. My mouth is watering really bad. <laughs> it's hard to talk, isn't it? It is. Um, I, that stupid bet he made, you yeah. had already had a drink of milk. No, you're, you're getting a shot of that. I, I guarantee <laughs> you that. Um, things that I do differently. When I was uh, when I first had kids, I worked a lot for the first two of our four kids, um, just working a lot of hours because I felt like I had to. You know, we uh, we made the choice for Megan to stay at home with the kids, and um, lots of sacrifices had to be made for that. And um, I'm not crying about this. I'm my throat's on fire. <laughs> I know, but um, I, I know so feeling. working. I work too much. Uh, for the first couple, two or three years um, of being a dad. And, um, and then I also didn't um, really let my kids be kids for, you know, a long time. I expected a lot out of them mm-hmm. and uh, when they're really young, you know. And um, so that, that's, those are a couple things that I kind of regret, you know, and try to push past and do better about that now. Um, but um, something that I would do the same is uh, we're, we're firm with our kids, um, you know, in disciplining. And uh, we don't, I don't feel like we go over the top, but 
um, one thing that stands out to me is when, when I was a kid, I, I have two sisters. I, I'm a middle kid. I have a younger sister and an older sister. And uh, unfortunately, my sisters used to dress me up as a girl. <laughs> but my dad, um, I, I had a really, a, lot. I have a really good, yeah. <laughs> I have a really good dad, and um, he helped to shape my identity as as a as a young man. And um, the the world that we live in now, um, I will not allow my my uh, daughters to dress my boys up as girls. And my mom, uh, the first time, my mom thought that I was just out of my mind. You know, she, she was, my, Riley was trying to dress Colton up as a, as a girl, and I kind of lost it. And uh, my mom's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, mom, it's not the same. It's, it, these kids struggle with their identity so much. Um, and she told me several years later, she apologized and, and told me that she was glad I was doing that. Yeah. But that's something that we try to do really well, is to try to instill in them their identity, um, what the way that God says that's that they awesome. are, and um, we see it, we see it every day. Kids struggling with their identity, and so that's that's something that I feel like we do well, and that we'll keep doing. Um, is that's what I would do the yeah. same. And you, you guys are incredible parents. I've watched you guys, and uh, I'm proud of you guys. <clears throat> That's not, that's, I didn't know we were getting emotional up here. That's not yeah. the heat. That just was water. Yeah. So I, I don't really have much to add, to be honest. I mean, that's exactly what um, what I would say. Uh, when the kids were young, I told Nikki that I wanted to work a lot. I wanted to invest a lot of my time. So when the kids got older, I had planted enough seeds to where I wouldn't miss a lot of their activities, which was true. And it was it was good uh, good intentions. The problem was I I ignored the relationship with my wife during that time frame. Um, and uh, I was very driven and uh, wanted to succeed. And I remember just to tell myself, I'm like, man, I don't want to be good at my job and accomplishing everything that my goals were financially and then get divorced and lose my wife. I said, then I'm a failure at everything at the end of the day. And so I had to learn that balance. And when you're self-employed, that's pretty hard to sometimes learn that balance when, you know, you don't have a guaranteed paycheck and you got to go cultivate stuff sometimes um, but that, that was, for me, um, just like Paxton, the same. And then the other was um, to not worry so much about when your kids do stuff stupid when they're young. You know, I used to get worked up about some of that stuff. And you know, now they've gotten older, my wife and I have been very consistent with our kids on our message and our, how, how strict we are with our kids. And because of <clears throat> that consistency, um, the kids have grown up well at this point in time. And so... For those of you that have young kids, you know, don't overthink what those kids do because um, they are just kids. And, and it's our job as parents, which I think is what is lacking in today's world. It's our job as parents to direct them, to tell them, to explain them, to guide them. They're kids. It's not their job to tell you what they are or what direction they're going. So That's anyways. good. That's really good. I want, I want both of you guys, and I'm going to throw another question at you, that, but you both hit on it. I think one of the things I respect about both of you is your consistency in your parenting. Your consistent message, but you're consistent in the, in the consequences and things like that. Can you guys talk about the value, a little bit of consistency, you know, with your kids? Does that make sense? Either yeah. one of you want to address that? Yeah, I mean, like I said, they're, they're, they're kids. Their minds are, are immature. They don't know direction. 
Um, sometimes they don't know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, when my kids were younger, they didn't have um, social media. Um, it took them a while. I think sixth or seventh grade when they went to middle school was the first time they had a phone. Um, you know, we're just big on interaction. And, um, you know, Landon is now at the age where he can look back and say, you know what, Dad, I, I get it. I now see why. I used to get mad at you guys and I get frustrated at why you guys did the things that you did. And he goes, now I see other peers that they're going the wrong direction. And it's because their parents didn't have the consistency and the message that, that we had as parents. We are old school on how we think on some of that stuff, I mean, um, which I think is good. Um, and so because of that consistent message, um, I see it in my kids, and I definitely see it in Landon. He's my oldest son, where he can really look back and reflect. And he's now saying, thank you for being strict. Thank you for taking some of that stuff away from me. So. And then you <clears throat> speak to the families that have some younger kids, just about the value of monitoring some of the things they watch. Can you just kind of, maybe some parents are wrestling with that, because society says, you know, they need the phone or they yeah. need social media or whatever. You know, can you just speak to that a little bit? Um, so a little bit of what I saw in um, some family members and things before we had kids, um, I noticed that some of their kids couldn't have a conversation, couldn't, um, you know, couldn't just be sitting there without being on some kind of a, a device of some sort. Um, and I didn't, I also, I didn't have social media when I was a kid. I didn't have a cell phone when I was a kid. And um, we learned to talk to people, to actually conversate with people. And that, that was something that bothered me real bad is when I would try to talk to these other kids and they couldn't look you in the eyes. They couldn't, they just couldn't talk about things. And, and then not to mention the garbage that's on those. Um, so I hear, I hear daily, my kids want to know why they can't, it's, it's a struggle. Like they, they want badly to, a, a lot of their friends, uh, my kids are going into first grade and going into second grade, my two oldest, and a lot of their friends already have cell phones. And I'm not knocking any of you. I'm not trying to bash any parents in here. Um, this is just what we do. Um, I don't, I, I know how easy it is to get pulled into some of that garbage. Yeah. And we're not going to open those doors in our, in our household. So, um, our, a lot of, a lot of time we get asked almost daily, well, my, my friends get to do this or my friends get to do that. And we have the, the, you know, um, obvious parent response of that. Well, we're not their parents and that's what they want to do, but that's not what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, so for us, we, we want, we be in, we're, very, we're being very intentional about talking, actually talking to our kids yeah. and not sitting on our phones, scrolling mindlessly on whatever social media. Um, and uh, just there's just too many ways that they can get pulled into um, things that open up doors. You, you don't realize the demonic forces that wow. um, yeah. are in some of the seemingly small things. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, so we just, that's, that's just, we just limit, limit it great. that way. I want, something you both mentioned kind of that, I would say you both are old school mentality with your parenting as, as families and all that. And I respect that, love it. And one of the things you mentioned it and I, and you and I've had conversations about this as well. And I think, I just want to say this to every parent, you parent your children, okay? Your kids, my kids have done it. I'd say every kid has done it. I know I did it to my parents, and my dad said the same thing to me. But you cannot be persuaded by what other parents do for their children, okay? 
if your kid says everybody's doing it, my dad, I've said it from the stage, told me everybody's not doing it because you're not. Okay? And so when I was a kid, same thing you said as Landon. I remember I got mad at them, but I remember when I got older, I did, I, hey, thank you. You know, and um, sometimes as parents, our job is not to be their friend. Yep. It's to be their parent. And um, sometimes they go to bed angry, and sometimes they go to bed bad, and sometimes it's cold in the house for a few days, yep. right? But as parents, we, we have to make our decisions and stick with them. And that's that consistency message, but that's that thing. We can't be persuaded by what the world's saying. And so I just... Our children are investments, you know, in my opinion. And you got to yeah. invest in them and invest in their future. And, and um, it's really sad when you see parents that don't invest in their kids. Um, they invest in their kids by buying them a tablet and letting them play. Wow. That's not an investment. You know, so those of you that have young kids or babies out there, you know, invest in your kids. It will pay off. Great advice. <clears throat> All right, last one. You guys ready for Yay. this? I'm not. I'm low Hey, we, the mouth just... I know, it's just... I'm burning. just now where I'm like, I can actually talk. <laughs> Is that one hot? Just, just do it. This is going to be fun. I think you got those backwards. It's not as bad. I'm just telling you what the guy told me. That's Maybe it's a slow burn. <clears throat> Still got nose running. Last year, <clears throat> last year we... Um, yep. <laughs> Starting to kick in. I'm, I'm not getting... Uh-oh. Oh. Get uh, uh, there you go. Napkin for my nose. Oh. I was like, I thought we were getting ready to see you lose. No. Yeah, that's... I'm not, I'm not having a shot of any of that stuff, so... <laughs> yeah, you are. You know, last year, we challenged um, dads to be... We challenged the whole church to really be on mission <clears throat> always, right? What do you think it's our mission? You just kind of hit on that about our investment with our kids. What do you think our primary mission, you know, you guys hear from me as a church, but what do you think our primary mission as husbands, as dads, as men, what do you think our primary mission is? And then why do you think it's so difficult at times to stay on mission? Start with you. So as I'm speaking as a father, um, because this is Father's Day and that's why we're up here. <clears throat> and uh, thank God I'm talking first, but the, uh, it's to be a good example to my kids. I mean, you know, I have three kids, and uh, I only have one opportunity to raise each and every one of them. And like I said about investing in them, you know, I want the next generation to be better. And so um, I can, I'm losing my train of thought right now. So it's kind of cutting out the busyness of life and um, spending more time with your kids. So I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot. Can we turn the air up? It's hot in here. I agree. We've already all said it. <laughs> but it's to be the spiritual leader of our house. Oh. I'm not. I'm not drinking that. Chad is taking a shot of that. I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> hey, just hurry up. All right. <laughs> to, to love and honor our family. <laughs> um, all of this flows out of a strong relationship with God. It's so hot. It's so I'm hot. sorry. 
Oh gosh, you guys have no idea. It's hot in this room. But we set we set the standard in everything we do, just like you said, setting a, setting an example. The kids are watching everything we do, and uh, <laughs> why do you guys? I, I want to ask though, why do you guys think it's difficult for us as men? Distractions. <clears throat> to stay on doubt. mission. Without but what doubt, what kind sure. of distractions? Like, like what are what's distracting us besides uh, hot sauce? Hot sauce. Right now? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the world, the world wants to wants us to think that we have to have something going on every hour of every day, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not emotional. I promise. <laughs> uh, we we don't have to we don't have to go every single night of the week, mm-hmm. every hour of every day, and uh, I keep hitting on the social media and stuff. But be intentional about putting your phone away. Yeah. Um, my, my kids, even though I feel like we do this well, my kids will still go find my phone and bring it to me. And it's like, I don't have to have that right now. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's in the evenings when I'm home from work and I'm trying to be intentional with them and, um, they'll still bring me my phone as if I st- I need to have it on me at all times. And, uh, so I, I keep hitting on the devices and everything, but that's the one thing, um, that keeps us distracted so badly. You're crying a little I bit. I am crying. <laughs> That's okay. You're just emotional. I am emotional. Yeah. <clears throat> I've learned not to rub my eyes. Yeah, don't do that. Awesome. There are some... Do you, have any ba- do you have any baby wipes for later? Yeah. So. Why do you think it's so difficult for men to be on mission? Well, I mean, I think part of it is society has <clears throat> changed how men are viewed. I think that... Uh, you know, they've kind of degraded men. Um, and I think it's it's our responsibility to step up and <clears throat> be the warriors that God's called us to be. Um, and so um, I think, you know, between society, between busyness of life, distractions, maybe selfishness too, um, I think that, uh, um, what was the question again? Why, why, why was it struggle to be? Sorry, my brain is not working very well. That, so those are the struggles. And then one last one, <clears throat> give every man in here, but this is for everybody really, some practical advice on what you do to stay on point as a husband. Like what's some things you do daily just to stay on point? I, first? I unplug. Uh, that's the number one is unplugging. Um, and then, uh, which back up a little bit, that's really hard for me as um, my business is pretty new less than two years old, and uh, I feel like I need to be at everybody's beck and call and take every call that I can. Um, but I've recently switched over to having um, a landline at the shop, and uh, I don't answer every phone call after hours. Um, so that's that's a big one for me is to unplug and then spend time seeking God, um, and that's that's done through prayer and through reading. Uh, you, you cannot teach your kids well unless you know what the Word says. Yeah, that's good. And... Uh, you can teach your kids a lot of good things, but you can't teach them the best things yeah. unless you know the word. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, yeah. one thing, <clears throat> I know that you do that. You went on vacation recently, yep. and uh, my car likes coming to your shop, you know. And uh, I called you when you were gone. Yeah. And actually, I texted you twice and didn't respond. I was, I'm still angry. But no, <laughs> you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't turn your phone on. I had it off all week. On vacation. Yeah. 
Great job. Jason, what would you say? Um, same thing. You know, I heard somebody say one time, um, when you come in your house and you hang your keys up, you're done with your job. And uh, <clears throat> I had to sometimes take the long road home um, to take some time to unwind from a stressful day. Um, but then when I got home, I learned to make sure that, that I was done and that I was hanging my keys up for the night and that <clears throat> I could be intentional with my wife and with my kids be able to spend good quality time with them. And, um, you know, I would say that's the biggest learning thing for me is to be able to really shut down and compartmentalize life to where when you are at home with your kids that you are actually home with your kids and you're not an absentee father. So That's good. Well, you made it. Yeah, good job. You made it. You did too. Nice. Yeah, I did it. <clears throat> yep. I, I, if you had not made that stupid bet, I would have already had I know. at least a cracker. I know you. I would have. But neither one of us took it so yeah well neither did i so yeah but you're supposed to take the shot now because you and it i'm not doing no shot of that i just promise i'll take a shot of milk you guys want to take a glass of milk together now no i'm good i'm now. good now all right all right um well, thank you guys so much um you know i think one of the things about destiny church is we have some good men in our church and um i look out every sunday when i'm preaching and i've been in churches where you look across the room and it's predominantly women or more women than men. And I am thankful that at Destiny Church, we have a lot of good men um, helping to lead our church, lead their families. And um, many of those men, I've seen men walk in here without their wives just as much as women without their husbands. And, um, and you guys are great examples of that. And I just want to tell you guys, you know, if you're a young dad out there, um, and you're looking for examples at times. Men's, men like this would be great guys to. I'm still a young dad. Yeah, you're. But I'm you're. Not, I'm not old. You're older. I'm not like Chris Ritchie. You're not as old as Chris. I'm not as old as Chad either. Yeah. Hey, I'm 39. I'm 39 today. So anyway, 39 and holding. No, Been holding not. there for eight years. But anyway. Yeah. But uh, I want to pray over you guys. I want to ask every every man in the room, not just dads, every man, teenage boy, I want you all to stand to your feet. First of all, first thing I want to do is I think as men, Jason said it, we're treated, the society we live in today can sometimes treat men a little differently. And I want to tell you guys as men, I'm proud of you. And you are good dads, and you are good men, and you are good leaders. Ladies, can, we, can you do me a favor? Can you give your men a, a round of applause this morning? You guys, you deserve that. I just feel like the Lord just wants you to know that you deserve that. I feel like some of you this morning, I just, maybe you feel beat up. And maybe somebody's told you you're not good enough or you're not enough. And I just, I just feel like the Lord just wants you to know that he sees you and he loves you and you are good enough and you are a good dad. Have you made mistakes? Yes, we all have. But you keep, you keep getting up, you know. You keep standing up. You keep fighting. And I just want to encourage you as men, keep fighting, keep leading, keep unplugging and leaning into the Lord. And I promise you, he'll lead your family well. So I want to pray over you guys today. Father, I just come before you for all the men here of destiny today. I thank you for them. I thank you for their 
um, leadership. I thank you for their their wisdom. I thank you for their hearts to bring their families to church, their hearts to serve you. And Jesus, we love you and we thank you for all that you're doing at Destiny Church. And I pray for a I pray for a new hunger of God in the men of this church like they've never known before. Lord, start a passion for you in our men. We love you, we thank you, we bless you. Um, Use us to be godly men, godly leaders, godly warriors. In your name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Destiny Church, how to get connected, or give online, visit destinychurch.me. Have a great week.